0: Today on Fulfilled, we're talking all about hobbies and joy and figuring out what you love as a busy working mom. My guest today is Andrea Benedict, the PA and founder of Medthusiast. Andrea is a wife, mom, and pediatric ICU PA who founded first Med Takeovers and then Medthusiast, your go-to source for funny, comfy, hilarious clothing for healthcare providers. Andrea shares her passion for life, her path to discovering her creative outlet, and how you can figure out what lights your fire and create more balance in your crazy busy life starting today. I'm so excited and honored to share this conversation with Andrea, the Medthusiast founder and one of my favorite follows on social media. So here it is. Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow skirt around those heavy real-life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. So today we have Andrea, the PA and founder of Medthusiast with us on Fulfilled. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh my goodness, of course. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready.
0: That's so great. So can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So um, I'm Andrea Benedict, and I am a pediatric critical care PA. Um, I've worked in the PICU for 10 years, and I've been a PA for almost 15. So time flies. (laughs) Um, I started, let's see, I feel like I started my social media journey in 2015 with Instagram that then moved to YouTube. And then I launched Um, med takeovers, probably like 2016. And then I launched Medthusiast in 2017. And here I am today, just making comfy clothes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, if someone's listening and they have not heard of Medthusiast, tell them kind of where that idea came from and what it is that you do at Medthusiast.
1: So Medthusiast um, makes... Basically, funny and comfy apparel for healthcare workers. There's a lot of med humor that only healthcare workers kind of understand, um, like a bunch of inside jokes, which makes it pretty fun. And it came about because back in 2017, well, first off, like I love loungewear. I'm an athleisure girl. That's pretty much all I wear. If I can wear it to the bar, like that's what I'm going to wear. If People want to go out to dinner. I'm like, I'll catch you in some yoga pants and a sweater. So I wanted more like medically focused stuff because, you know, medicine is a big part of my life, but there really wasn't any and I thought, okay, well, that's fine. I mean, I'm a problem solver here, so I'm going to make some and um I'll make it for myself and then if others think it's cool, then so be it. And if they don't, at least I gave my wardrobe an upgrade. <laughs> and
0: here we go. So are. this started as you making pieces for yourself to wear. Did you think it would become a business?
1: Um I had a suspicion that others wanted to wear med humor apparel. Um because I was like clearly like I've been looking for a long time. I feel like others have been too. So I didn't make it a one-off piece when I started. I did manufacture small batches like Gosh, I want to... Say. Actually, no, I started off with print on demand. That's what I did. So I didn't have to worry if it failed about keeping a lot of inventory. Mm-hmm. And then when it showed promise, I was like, all right, let's move to the big leagues, professionally screen print, and let's do the damn thing.
0: <laughs> it's so cool. So you're apparel is hilarious. So why don't you tell us some of of our listeners are a lot of people in medicine. So I think some of them will get some of the inside jokes. So tell us about some of your favorite witty sayings or products. What's most popular or what do you love the most?
1: So I would say the more generically based ones are most popular. Um, let the beat drop, um, anything with the cardiac heart embroidered on it, And then I heart medicine, but I feel like my personal faves are ROSC star because I'm critical care and we always talk about, you know, R-O-S-C and ROSC. Mm -hmm. And um, I do like let the beat drop because, you know, I'm administering adenosine a lot and you really Mm -hmm. do see that QRS pause and you're like, oh, sugar. Yep. So um, I'm wondering if
0: you were in PA school and you were wearing the shirt that said adenosine let the beat drop. Would they let you in or is that considered cheating if you can look <laughs> down at your shirt and see the answer?
1: <laughs> you know, I wish I knew. I get a lot of emails from students who are like, if I would have this for my exam, but I have yet to receive an email that was like, by the way, I wore it to my exam and it helped me. So I'll let you know. When yeah. I can <laughs> yeah. So a
0: couple of my favorite pieces, which I often um, gift to my friends in medicine are a shirt that says on-call hair, don't care, because we all know what that <laughs> is like. Yes. Um, yes, And a shirt that says, Alexa, do my charting, because I think we all wish that there was the ability to have an AI robot do our charting for us.
1: Oh, Lord, yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> so you are wearing a lot of hats. So you're a pediatric ICU, PA, you're a small business owner, you are an Instagram influencer, you're a mom and a wife and a human being. How do you find time to do all the things?
1: Um, it's actually quite easy, but I think it's because I love all of those avenues so much. Like, For example, when I was doing med takeovers, which was essentially people kind of Snapchatting their day in various medical roles, um, I really liked it, but it, like, I outgrew it. I was then a PA for 10 years, and I was like, this is really fun, and this is great for students, and I want to provide this resource, but for me, I don't get as much out of it anymore, and so it was so much work on the back end to process the video that... That's the first time I felt like I don't have enough time in my day to do all of the hobbies, right? But then I moved on to Medthusiast. And I love all the facets about it. Pro- like the way that I look forward to watching Shit's Creek on Netflix, I have that same excitement to work on Medthusiast. And because I look forward to it as a treat to myself, it never feels overwhelming. I get excited for me time to do that versus sitting on the couch watching a show. And so it's super simple. And do you work nights, days, shifts? What does your schedule look like? I, When I had my daughter, I cut back to part-time, um, which was the best decision mm-hmm. I've ever made. I love my job 10 times more, and I loved it before. So it tells you how happy I am right now. And um, so I work exactly half of what the full-time PAs work. And they work approximately, you know, 12, 13 shifts a month. And we usually as a group work somewhere between two to four night shifts. So I'm doing half of whatever they're doing. You know, and it includes weekends and holidays and all the the not so fun days to work. But it comes with a job, working in the ICU. Yeah, yeah. The PICU does not
0: close um, mm-hmm. ever. Um, so talk to me about that decision to go part time. Is that something that you guys had talked about before your daughter was born or once she was born you went back full-time and then decided to go part-time what did that look like
1: uh we talked about it when i was pregnant i didn't know if i could actually get my husband to agree because he traditionally just viewed me as like this full-time person i love my job i like to work really hard and so i actually didn't know if he could see me in this other role and he was I kind of said the same thing. He said, but you're like, you know, you work hard and you love being at, at work. I'm surprised you want to, to do this. But if you want to do it, let's, let's try it. And I really had to, like, think about it a lot because that is true. Like, I love work. I love what I do. Would I be happy doing it half as much And then being home with my daughter pretty much 24-7, it would feel like, probably three or four months before she was born, we definitively said, yep, we're going to do this. Like there's more to life than working. And we need to start realizing that now instead of in our 60s and 70s. So I asked work because there weren't many people who went part-time at my job and I didn't know if it would be approved. So I had to like mentally prepare myself for walking away if they said no. And luckily they agreed. So before she was born, I knew that when I was returning, it would be part-time. And man, did it work out in my favor.
0: And I think that's so important for people to hear because as medical providers, so much of our identity becomes tied up in what we do at work. We worked so hard to get here. We often love what we're doing, but it's not the only source of fulfillment. It's not the only way to find something that brings you joy. And also, the way that you've traditionally done it is... Not the only way to do it. So sometimes you can find a way where you adapt your hours or change things or start a side business and you can flourish in circumstances where
1: you weren't sure if you would like it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Also Mm -hmm. in critical care, I feel like there's an emphasis for your hobbies should involve medicine, your downtime should involve expanding your knowledge base in critical care you should be joining your um, critical care societies and and getting involved that way. And it took a while for me to realize that it was okay, that when I work, I work hard, but when I'm off the clock, I don't have to devote that time to work as well. I could do things that are outside of the realm of medicine. And then when I did it, I was like, oh, this is my jam. I need to work both parts of my brain.
0: Yes. So you have this creative drive. And do you come up with the sayings and the art yourself? Do you outsource that? How does that work for enthusiasts?
1: So I come up with all the sayings. Um, and I do some of the designs myself, the, the graphic design component. Um, a lot of the designs that are about to come out early 2022 will be done by me. Um, And then I also have a graphic designer that I've worked with since its inception, and he's amazing. And um, he has worked with a lot of big companies for being their graphic designer for apparel. So I was really lucky to find him. And it just so happened that his soon-to-be wife is one of the nurses that I work with. So that was a nice introduction.
0: Yeah. When you think of Medthusiast, do you think of it as a business, a creative outlet, some combination of those two things?
1: I hope it will always remain a hobby and a creative outlet, to be quite honest, because I feel like if it ever gets too big to pull me away from medicine, I'm not going to be as happy as I am now. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like hobbies mean something that you really enjoy doing in your pastime. Not a chore. And I feel like when it turns into this huge business where you now have to employ customer service representatives and you have to employ like marketing agencies and everything else associated with that. And you can't just have one accountant doing your accounting and bookkeeping. You need multiple now. Like that is when it becomes a burden. And I always want this to feel fun.
0: I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy com slash 12 things. That's tracy com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction toward those big financial goals. So you have intentionally kind of kept it within arms reach where you can be in touch with all the different size all the different aspects of the business and kind of kept it so that it's personal and that it's you answering emails and that it's you getting back to people. Do you package and ship everything also? I
1: used to. Yeah. Um, let's see, probably 5 6 months ago I hired my first employee and his name's Phil. He's awesome and he does all the fulfillment now. And the reason was I really, really did not enjoy the fulfillment aspect because it was so time consuming and it took me away from the other facets I liked. And I know that my hours are so limited in the day. So I made a conscious effort to start outsourcing those tasks, which I enjoyed the least. And fulfillment was one of them and he enjoys it and he's really great at it. So that worked synergistically in my favor.
0: I think that that principle applies so well to motherhood also. So if you are sort of slogging through motherhood and you're feeling like you have to do all the tasks, if you were to outsource just one or two things, the things that you feel like suck the energy out of your day, the things that you despise doing, you will have more time for the things that you enjoy and more time to spend with your kids. So I love that sort of that mentality or that paradigm of saying, hey, this is all really great, but there's just one or two things that I don't love. I'm happy to pay someone else to do those things so that I can do the things that I love.
1: Oh, yes, 100%. Time is our most valuable commodity and there's nothing, I mean, it's gotta be pretty worthwhile for me to spend you know, one of my 24 hours a day doing that task.
0: Yes, and I think that's such a good way to look at it, to remember that your time has value and that you only get so many minutes and so many hours in the day. So being really conscious of how you're spending it can be an important mindset shift because sometimes we're just in the habit of doing something. I've always done the grocery shopping myself. I've always been the one to do this or do that. What if you didn't? What would you be able to do instead? What What could you value with your time and how could you show up for your family if that wasn't a task that you had to be doing specifically. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Um, so I like to ask my guests this question. What piece of advice would you give your younger self? And this can be relative to business or motherhood or medicine, one from each or all three. If you could go back and tell the younger Andrea something, what would you tell her?
1: Um. You know, motherhood ended up being exactly what I kind of envisioned it to be, which is pretty crazy to say. So I don't... The only thing I would tell myself, you know... if you see yellow dragon fruit, you snatch that up because yellow dragon fruit is hard to find, and it is the best for toddler constipation and all the things. I swear it is amazing. It beats Miralax if you saw that. I wish I would have learned that when um, I first became a mom. <laughs> That's I mean, such a great it.
0: practical tip. <laughs> I mean,
1: it is for real. Like I'm not a fan of using Miralax and those other things, but yellow dragon fruit works like a charm. It tastes amazing, and it you know blends up in a smoothie. Um, like a dream. So I would have told myself that so I could actually have a freezer full of that. Um, My younger PA self, I probably would have said, when you were in PA school, act like you know nothing, even if you do know a a little bit about the topic. Because it's the one time in your medical career that you can pretend like, I know nothing, teach me all the things, and nobody's going to judge you. And it's the best time to place NGs, place NJs, ask to do a Foley. Like, yeah, maybe you're on your neurosurgery elective, but if you see a nurse placing a Foley, that's the time to do it. Um, Is it necessarily the best time when you're practicing neurosurgery, APP or PA? Not necessarily, but when you're in school, you should do all the things, like absolutely everything. From calling in prescriptions and calling consults to doing all the tasks that you never thought that you might have to do, running every EKG you possibly can, I did not take advantage of that, and I only learned the tasks that I knew were imperative to the rotation I was on, and I still kick myself now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for business, I, I don't, I, I would just say, you know, one of the best. Decisions I ever made, and I would remind myself of that, would be when I started social media accounts, because they're kind of necessary for all business avenues you go into. It doesn't matter what it is these days. You kind of need a social media presence. And I always made a new social media account and kept it private and specifically blocked anybody that I knew, family, friends, colleagues, all of that. And it gave me the safe space to not worry about being judged by those who knew me and it allowed a lot of those accounts to blossom um just naturally and authentically and that was a great decision i made um and i would remind myself to do that again if i was entertaining something new i would do the exact same thing
0: it's so interesting how strangers on the internet are not intimidating but your neighbor <laughs> or your best friend or your you know someone that you know following you can make you very nervous about what they're going to think about what you're saying or posting
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: So there is a woman listening who wishes she had a creative outlet and wants to start a business or wants to sort of spread her wings and find a hobby that fills her up, but she's not quite sure how to find it or where to start. What encouragement or advice do you have for that listener?
1: I say do all the things. I mean, I did all the things I thought that I would have a lot of passion and, legislature and potentially politics. And so I got involved with my PA groups at work or the APP groups, I should say, because they were um, a combination for NPs and PAs. And then I even considered joining the Texas PA board. And I was working on getting um, introduced to the governor because he's the one who kind of makes the decision of the appointments. And I didn't know if I I thought that would be cool. And then as soon as I went down that road, I was like, just kidding. I like it, but I don't love it. Er, Let's pivot and move to something else. Um, And then I started just devoting a lot of time to work and process improvement. And I liked that, but I, again, didn't love it as much as other things. And I moved to YouTube and I enjoyed that, but the editing was hard. And so I've, you know, I feel like I've tested the waters and numerous things and i think that's what most people have to do like if i was like i think i like to knit or something that's really weird if i like to make puzzles i think you need to do it because if it's the best combination is something you're gifted at. You also enjoy because many of us have one, but not both characteristics, right? There's something we love. We love soccer, but we may not be gifted in it. <laughs> or, you know, we're, we're gifted in something weird, but it's not something we enjoy doing every day. So if you can find where those two roads transect, you are so lucky and it doesn't matter how weird it is because there are women on Etsy who make crocheted ornaments just for Christmas pulling in eight figures a year and because they're good at it it's their thing and there's there's people who want that so that's why I think if you're talking about like can you attach a monetary aspect to it almost anything can be monetized and I do think that to some degree you should never feel bad about want to, wanting to monetize what you do as a hobby because you're taking time away from you your family and all that and so it is worth bringing in some sort of compensation while you also enjoy doing it too
0: And I don't think we should ever feel bad about things that make us feel good, right? Like something that you enjoy, it's not bad. It's not a waste of time. It's not a time where you should be beating yourself up for making or doing or enjoying something because you could be being more productive. Life is meant to be enjoyed. And everyone here, everyone listening is worthy of that enjoyment. So if you aren't feeling joyful and you're not feeling like you have something in your life that brings you joy, try some things
1: and try to find it. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, if anybody gets stuck and they're like, listen, I think I like this one weird thing, but I don't know how to like actually turn it into a hobby. You can just DM me girl, DM me. And I will be your biggest fan and tell you, you know, every single day you should be working on it. Don't feel bad. And
0: I think we need more (laughs) We need more cheerleaders like you, Andrea, and we need more women who are willing to stand up and say, hey, I tried A, B, C, D, and E, which I was like moderately good at and maybe sort of enjoyed before I found F before I found the holy grail of thing that lights my fire that I just think is so cool that I want to tell everyone about, even if it's like a little embarrassing, like I am super into underwater basket weaving. It's the best thing you've ever not heard of. And like everyone should do it. It's the coolest thing ever. That thing that just like makes you want to do it, stay up past your bedtime and you'll regret it in the morning. Like that is the thing Everyone needs that thing because life is really, like, it's your life. And so if you're not feeling happy, fulfilled, like you have things that bring you passion, they're not going to come and knock on your door. You have to seek them out. 100%. So it sounds like you were very proactive about outside of work. I'm going to try this. I think it might be this. I think I might lean in at work and then you kind of pivoted to this space of creativity which is just a testament to your problem solving and the fact that you were like that's not it that's not it okay here we are and that you're
1: thriving in this space that
0: you've created
1: i i did realize that when i was a full time pa i liked what i was doing but i didn't love it because it was too much it was it was it was overwhelming pediatric critical care is hard on many levels, you know, it's physically challenging. It's emotionally challenging. It's, it's, it's intellectually challenging. And to do that full time, I knew that there was a slightly better balance, but then also when I was home on maternity leave, I realized I, I don't love being a full-time mom either. And so that's not my jam either. If I, if I'm so lucky to be able to create a recipe of what I want to fill my hours with during the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. And so that's when I started adding in components of what I enjoy doing so I could find the the perfect balance and I make, you know, whatever makes me excited to wake up every day and enjoy as many hours during the day as possible.
0: And the the most important part is remembering that you are in control of the ingredients that you're adding to that recipe. It's not life gave me this. This is the situation I'm in. It's that you are taking an active role in choosing how to spend that time and choosing to spend it wisely. And that makes all the difference. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So where can listeners go to connect and hang out with you online or DM you about their new underwater basket weaving habits so that you can (laughs) cheer them on if they want to support Medthusiast and Rock Your Awesome Apparel? Where on the internet are you hanging out?
1: Um, I am always reachable in Medthusiast DMs. I am in them all the time. Um, hit me up for anything. I mean, I get into long conversations about people planning vacations and, and re- recipe cooking in those DMs. So you just hit me up at Medthusiast, M-E-D-T-H-U-S-I-A-S-T, um, or send me an email. You can just email hello at Medthusiast and I've had some very interesting conversations in email too. you know, work a nice shift and I pull up somebody's email because they're just like, hey, by the way, I think it would be really cool if and then it turns into this long conversation. Like, I just love chatting with people. So hit me up.
0: Andrea is a really, really great follow on social media. Even if you're not in medicine, she will make you smile and laugh. And she just posted a reel the other day of other people's brand photo shoots with all these like fancy styled like photos and then her Instagram photos. And I was laughing out loud because that is the reality. Like it doesn't look like that and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just progress and showing up. And so I really, really enjoy following you. Thanks so much, Andrea, for sharing your time with us today. We really appreciate it. Of
1: course. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled, the podcast.